Welcome or welcome back. We're the Stigma Biddies. I'm Al, this is Jeannie, and today we're going to talk about medical gaslighting. Before we get started, we would like to say that there is a trigger warning that comes along with hanging out with the Stigma Biddies. There will be topics of conversation around mental health and chronic illness, and there may be topics of conversation that may be hard to be a part of. Like this one. <laughs> this is a really tough topic. I was really excited. So this topic generated just out of what's going on in our lives. And this is one that I know that I've wanted to talk about, but it's it's a tricky one because this is a little bit of <clears throat> it's like a little bit of trauma talk. So you know, it's a little bit cautious. Um, it's not just talking about medical stuff. So I do really want everyone to take the warning seriously. Some stuff, it might bring things up for you that you didn't necessarily think about. So with that aside, Jeannie, do you want to talk about the recent developments that brought us here today? So I have dealt with back issues for 10 plus years, just about as long as I can remember um, we were in a very bad car accident when I was in seventh grade and it really got worse after then. It was before I can remember it just from as long as I can before that wreck, but it got worse after the wreck. <clears throat> Complained about back for years and just the pain and I was still active. Yes, I was overweight, but I was still active and marching band and color guard and I was training for the Air Force at one point. Like I was an active person um, and I just, nothing I did brought relief. Been treated the last eight years by a chiropractor. At first when I went, it would give me about a week of, you know, really a pain relief. It was wonderful. But that week slowly over time turned into half a day, maybe. And at this point, like no offense to chiropractors, they're wonderful. And my chiropractor here, I love her. She's sweet. She's wonderful. But I feel like I'm just handing her my money mm -hmm. and I'm not getting anything out of the deal except pleasant conversation. And so I finally get to a point where I'm going to find me a regular doctor. She's absolutely wonderful. She listens. She knows that I have white coat phobia and she understands that. She gives me the space to just talk and to be. And when I told her about how my back has been hurting worse lately and how some numbness has been happening and just different things that have been going on, she took me seriously. She immediately got me into the back and spine clinic and we need to have x-rays. We need to do this. And I'm just like, thank you. After all these years, somebody is listening to me. We go and get the x-rays and because of how everything is set up now, it goes to your phone. So I can see my x-rays and all the doctor's notes and all of those wonderful things before my appointment six hours later to actually meet with a doctor in person. In those notes and in the x-rays, it very blatantly states and shows that I have scoliosis, that I have a form of scoliosis that curves the line, the spine to the left, that I have a very severe and prolonged arthritis in the lower part of my back, and just a few other things going on, right? But all of those things add up. So I'm looking at this, and most people would get that information and probably be very upset and, you know, just trying to process what is happening. 
But for me, it was like I had proof of years worth of pain just sitting in front of me. And I was so excited. I was so excited to go to that appointment yesterday afternoon and to just finally have somebody be like, oh my God, yes, this is what's going on. And this is how we're going to move forward. And we're going to get you onto a road of not being in pain every day of your life. But that's not what happened. What happened was, is I went in and for 15 minutes, she looked at a computer screen of those very notes and those very x-rays and, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And then she turns and looks at me and tells me that, yes, there is right here. You can see where there's a slight curve, but that's nothing to be concerned about. And yes, there is here where this, this isn't as close or as far apart as it should be, but it's of no concern. Really, what you're describing sounds all muscular. At that point, okay, y'all can blame it on me. Maybe the appointment didn't go the way it should have because I didn't communicate things. You can call it what you will. I am an emotional person. And in that moment, especially as an autistic adult, I got so overwhelmed and just that wall went up and I started crying and I just was so overwhelmed because I was just told that the proof that I had was of no concern. And once again, I am faking my pain. What do you, what do you do with that? You have to process it. You have, you have to digest it. Yesterday was a rough afternoon for me. It, it was a very heavy, I just, a lot of silence, internal just monologuing and trying to figure out how I felt about it. Um, even sitting here now, I have physical therapy appointments tomorrow set up by that doctor that I am very reluctant to go to mm-hmm. because in in my mind, she, you know, I mean, by first name basis, she knew who I was going to okay, well, obviously y'all are good. So like, is he going to be treating me the same as you? And he's just Mm going to confirm that I'm an all muscular patient and that's how I'm going to be treated? Because no, I'm not. Um, And the frustration of just being dismissed, having been so excited to, I don't know many people that will say they are excited to go to the doctor. I rarely am, but this one had me excited Mm -hmm. and to just be utterly dismissed baffles me. And if there are any, anyone that's listening, if you're in the medical field, please take what resonates and leave the rest. So if this is not to you, the shoe don't fit, don't wear it. Just because I'm a 15-minute person in your life doesn't mean that that is enough space for me to properly communicate 10-plus years of pain for you to understand that my daily five on the pain scale is somebody else's 10 that is normal. Because I have been dealing with this for such a long time, but at 28 years old, it is getting to the point where there is numbness spreading throughout my body and it is hard to walk some days. 
but it's it's of no concern. I need I need somebody to make it make sense to me because I can't. Yeah, this is where I would start using very particular language. And I am speaking from the background of I was diagnosed through genetics with a rare mobility disorder called adrenal leukodystrophy. And even having that actual diagnosis, like you said, like you have the x-rays, you have it saying, even having that, it was still just brushed off in one or two different ways. It was like either everything was because of that, like every symptom that I was having was, oh, it's, it's probably that. And, you know, we don't treat that, blah, blah, blah. And all of those things. But when I, when I started to really get people to take me seriously and to start actually thinking about me as a person is by talking about my quality of life and by figuring out, and, and you should not have to do this. You should not have to do this, but I just, I know that this information has helped other people. And I want to use this space to say it is that when you're taught, you have to kind of figure out the person that you're talking to. So if you're talking to someone who's like very clearly like a science kind of medical person, you just want to talk in as many terms as you can. Like you want to educate yourself. If you, I mean, most of us already have, like if you're in the chronic illness community, you understand a lot more medical terms than the lay person, but educate yourself as much as you can on their, uh, their language and use it and talk about your quality of life and talk about things that they are kind of mandated to take seriously. Um, that's not to say, you know, say anything that's going to get yourself put in a 5150. Please don't do that. <laughs> we don't do that. Okay. We all, we all know not to say that, right? Cause we have two communities here that not everyone who's chronically ill is mentally ill and not all everyone who's mentally ill is chronically ill, you know, so just there are two different communities that we're blending together here. So some of this doesn't apply to you. <laughs> it's like that side of TikTok when you see a video and it's a stitch and it's like, that not you. Not you. Not you. <laughs> That's not for us. <laughs> that moment. But just, you know, use as much language as you can, advocate as much as you can. And unfortunately, you have to stay calm. You can't show emotion. And as autistic people, that's it. In highly sensitive people, you don't have to be autistic for this to be an issue for you. But that, you know, for us, we've identified that reason is like it, the overwhelm just creates tears because there's no other way to like, I can't formulate words for me personally. It's like, I can say a thousand things in my head but for me to get it out and to say to you right now in a cohesive, nice way, isn't going to happen. So I just cry. See, very much same and frustrated, no matter what emotion it is, it's going to come out in tears. That's just how it comes out. Um, but see, at this point, I have had such horrible medical care yeah. all across the board that now that I have found this gem of a doctor who actually is in the right profession 
and is listening and trying to help find a issue words trying to help find um the resolve of the situation and now i'm i'm going back to the crappy ones no see that's where i want to i want to nix this one because i'm not going back to her i'm not comfortable with that and that's exactly it you would know Mm -mm. nix i'm not no because that was just a total dismissal of not only me, but a doctor in your building that took the time to go through and look and see what I had going on, you dismissed their work as well. Not only my pain. That's where now I'm putting I'm putting it in my doctor's hands of please help me. Yep. And I'm going to explain, we have a message that we're going to send off tonight um, explaining basically what I told y'all, what happened at the appointment and more details, obviously. Um, and just asking for her help of you have been so wonderful so far. And I appreciate everything that you have done for me beyond what words can express, but will you please either take a look at these x-rays and tell me what the next steps are, or please help me find somebody more capable of helping me because Dr. Blajala over here is not doing it for me. Blajala is not a name. I just made that up. <laughs> They're going to be like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, Blajala might be a name for somebody, but it's not hers. <laughs> Do you mind talking about the role that Jacob had to play in that appointment? Oh, thank the heavens above for that man okay so not only was I just absolutely appreciative that he was there for the emotional support of it because not I was nervous walking in the building I was nervous before we left the house I was jittery and fidgety and just nervous by the time we had went in there and I was already getting half dismissed by the lady checking us in that's when the emotion started to kick in and he was able to keep me grounded But where the real important part for me comes in is the fact that Jacob advocated for me. And it was that advocacy that even got us a step further because she wasn't, especially by the point that I had gotten so emotional by everything, I was done in her eyes. She was not taking me seriously at all. And that's when Jacob stepped up and was like, look, like we need to get an MRI done. Like I, I, she has complained about her back since I've known her, which has been a long time. And it just, you know, like there is something wrong that we need to figure out. And she just sat there and looked at him while he's saying all of this. And she turned and looked at me and she was like, well, is that what you want? Well, I guess at least she asked. (laughs) No, this bitch ain't talking to me i know that is what was going through my head and i couldn't even respond because i'm like once again here i am in a situation fucking thinking i'm safe because female on female right no ma'am my husband a male still had to fucking advocate for me mm-hmm. and that's what pisses me off about all of it too yeah it's made me incredibly frustrated to deal with the medical industry and just 
I've, you know, I've had similar situations where Sam's had to speak up for me and it's just disgusting. <laughs> to, to say the very least, it's disgusting. But yeah. with knowing that, if you can at all have another person come with you to an appointment, it is important because they can step in and they can advocate for you. They, they can be like, hey, look, no, like you're not understanding. This is like an actual issue or what, whatever, you, whatever you need, whatever your situation is. But it, it is really important to have a medical advocate with you. And, you know, look into if, if I can find some resources when I'm editing that provide medical advocacy, um, I am pressed to think there'll be one nationally, but maybe through like the ADA or something, but I'll put that in the description on YouTube. Um, I don't know if I can do that for the other places that we broadcast, but I'll try. Probably in the link tree or something. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I'm sure somewhere in there. Um, I have care of in my link tree and that has like a ton of information about all kinds of things. So, yeah. but even just like in your area, just like Google search, like medical advocate, because that's someone who's familiar with that realm. But with that being like, if you, if you can have someone, you know, that's the best, but if you need someone and you don't have anyone, there are some resources. You know, I actually, for a time, did medical advocacy for people. I would, you know, whatever they really needed, whether it was like trying to schedule or like talking to an office or even being in an, like on the phone or Zoom in an appointment with somebody, because it's just another person. Um, yeah. And while you're having all that emotion, I could be like, mm, let me ask this question because like, that See, that's very much what I originally wanted him there for was for another set of ears, because I know that I personally can get so fixated on one set on one sentence alone yeah. that said, and I'm having to take extra time to process it. So I'm missing. It's just background noise. What everything else is being said. So if I'm going to an important, that's what honestly made pregnancy so hard and the preeclampsia and all the weekly appointments and whatever during COVID, because I couldn't have anybody. I couldn't have a second set of ears. I couldn't. So half of that was lost to me and it was frustrating, but just, it proves my point of him going yesterday of not only was he a set of ears, but then once again, he wasn't there to be an advocate, but he had to be. Mm -hmm. And that I, I just, if anything, I hope that anyone listening just knows that it, we know, we know what it feels like. We know how frustrating it can be, but even as frustrating as that was yesterday, and even as frustrating as it has come across as, you know, I've been talking about it. Um, today's a new day tomorrow's a new day and that's where I have to really work on my mindset for my situation of okay well yes I I don't want to go to these physical therapy appointments and I don't want to do these things because of xyz but reality is that I have a three-year-old that needs me beyond me needing me and my husband needing me you know like we have 
I'm 28 years old. Like I, I shouldn't be hurting like this anyway. And I'm very grateful for the fact that I can walk, but it's getting harder. And, you know, it, on one hand, it's like, I'm finally in a, in a position where I feel safe enough and comfortable enough to start addressing these problems. Mm. But there's also that little voice in the back of my head that pipes up so much of I'm making this up. Okay. So all the x-rays, well, she dismissed them. So obviously my proof there is gone. So now where's my proof? And that's where some of my freak out comes from. But then you have to remind yourself, I have to remind myself that that x-ray is proof. It is proof. And I'm just not with the right doctor. I'm not with the right doctor for me. I'm not discrediting all her years of work. And I'm not discrediting some people that she might be their favorite almighty go-to. She's just not a good fit for me. And that's okay. Is it frustrating? Does it suck? Is it aggravating? Yes. Yes, it is. But in the long run, there's still a lot of good things going on right now. And there's still a lot of things to be grateful about. And there is still room for opportunity. I think it's really important to remember, too, that just just because they referred you to a specific PT or whatever, like you don't have to go to that one. Like I got sent to an inappropriate PT. They were sports medicine. <laughs> and I was just like, and they just wanted, they wanted to, they, you know, diagnosed me with whiplash syndrome and stuff. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, cool. That's probably going on too. But that's not why I'm here. I'm actually here. Right. So like whether I can turn my head or not, that's, you know, we'll deal with that later. But it was just, I, you know, I just dismissed myself and I was just like, yeah, I'm just, I won't be back. Like this wasn't appropriate. And I went back to my doctor and I was like, that place just wasn't appropriate for me. And thankfully, like I, now you have a good doctor. I have a good doctor and anywhere else I decide I do want to go, like he'll send me no problem. Right. But it's totally okay. Like Jeannie's saying, like this doctor just is not the right mesh for her. And who knows? Like it could be I've I've worked with doctors. I used to work in the medical field. And anything could have happened because they're just people. You know, she could have just been having a bad day, or maybe someone she knew just died. Like she that totally could be any number of reasons why that appointment went the way that it did. But Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you have to just accept that and accept that that is what you're going to get for care. You're doing the right thing by asking your doctor to help you find somebody else or whatever. But, oh man, my brain um, just hijacked itself again. (laughs) I'm saying that's been happening to me all day. Um, To tie that up though, my brother sent me a text message last night that just perfectly ties up what you just said. I obviously can't tell you what to do or how to feel, but you got to move forward if at least for Jameson. And if you need a second opinion, then you are entitled to that with another doctor if it means you get the answers you need. Love it. Snaps for brother. Yeah, that was a good one. You know, like 
it's totally okay to just move on. I, I had to, and you know, it's ridiculous. Okay. This, this is wild to me anyways. So I, and you know, I went for my yearly pap and I had an abnormal result. And so I had to have a colposcopy. So in that appointment of B, oh, and being diagnosed with like endometriosis, probably you can't actually get diagnosed with that without surgery. And I'm not having surgery. So it's like a preliminary, but I was so uncomfortable with the women because one of them literally like the, I, and she, I asked about anesthesia and she goes, I knew you were going to ask that. And I was like, okay, bye. This story gets so wild, Jeannie, that I got a certified letter from the previous one that I saw who was like, hey, like, why'd you go? Like, why'd you leave? Like, I need, I, we want to make sure, like, we want your results, blah, blah, blah. Like, trying to follow up. And I was just like, I will never speak to your office again. And I ended up with a male OB. I'm like, or gyno, I guess it would be because I'm not having a baby. But yeah. And he was great. He handled every, like, he just, he talked to me. He gave me information. He saw me for who I was. He understood that I had medical trauma, that I let him know I'm autistic. I am a survivor of assault. And he was totally cool. He was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And like, he went through everything in such a better way. And of course I have feelings about that other office because why do you like a certified letter? You know how terrifying a certified letter is? <laughs> you want, you want my, my colposcopy results, ma'am? Like what the heck? <laughs> but like, you know, I think that's and- something now that you've said, um, cause it really hasn't resonated with me until just in this moment and maybe me pointing this out, will do the same for somebody else, but I don't think there's a note in my medical, like anywhere of me being any sort of survivor of having any sort of trauma. And I think it's important that I include that in my letter tonight. Mm -hmm. Now that you've said that, like, I honestly don't think there's any note anywhere about any of that. Like just walking in, I'm sure I look pretty normal on a piece of paper. And then when I have my reactions and all, I'm sure I'll look nuts. Well, excuse me, I am. Yeah. I am. You just, I don't think you have, I don't think you have that written there. I don't think that box is checked. So I think I need to check that, but I'm still not going back because there's, yeah, yes, I'm sure there's, there's a million different ways to explain. And that's how I like to look at it. Like there are so many different ways, you know, things that could have happened or could have been going on, but it doesn't excuse. No. It, no. that doesn't change the fact that for those 15 minutes that you could have spent changing my life for the better you spent changing it in a very negative way yeah just adding to the trauma adding to the years of people and and I do want to circle back on something you don't need any tangible evidence for anyone to believe your pain you don't need an x-ray and you don't need a doctor. You are in severe pain and your quality of life is diminishing because of it. I believe you and Jacob believes you. And I know many other people here believe you. And we don't need to see any proof. 
I appreciate it. I love you very much. I love you. And I know where that comes from, and that's why I say this to you. It's just how do you... I guess if anything, I get so frustrated with myself. And if anybody listening does the same, like, I guess I'm talking to us right now. (laughs) Just, it's so hard to be so kind to yourself. And I know you know this throughout this process, because you're not only fighting your own internal voice, you're fighting the voices of everyone, doctors, parents, cousins, whoever who along the way have also doubted you or the whole, oh, you're just putting on a show or you just want attention or whatever the narrative is. That's what goes through my head when I'm getting dismissed by another doctor. It's just like, okay, well, I'm obviously nuts and I'm obviously, you know, and you have all these negative internal thoughts going on and that's when you have to pull yourself out of it even if it takes somebody saying that they believe you, like it, it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be mad. Those are honest, re- those are honest emotions and honest reactions. And, you know, this right now, in this moment, this is an honest reaction of it just, belief is a powerful thing from other people and for yourself. It is. I mean, especially when you come from where we came from, you know, like that was probably one of the first things that were dismantled in us is our belief in ourselves and our sense of security and our own knowledge. You know, how many times were you called a liar or stupid? You know, I'd be rich. Yeah. Even if even if the currency amount was a penny, I'd be rolling in the dough. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the first things to go. So there's no wonder that you're searching. And I did the exact same thing. And I still do sometimes. And like, like, no, look, there, there is proof. Like, I've gone as far as, you know, getting actual diagnoses for certain things that are now potentially could put my life in danger. Because I needed answers that bad. Because my family didn't believe me that much because people would not accommodate me because people would not believe my experience. And I don't want anyone else to ever go through that. So if you need anybody to believe you, right here. That's all I ever needed was someone to believe me. Amesies. When Jacob, Jacob was the first person to say it to me last night and he said he's on Team Genie and I lost it. I cried for like 40 minutes over that because just to have somebody believe in you. Yeah. And which I knew you, there was an unspoken from you. Like we, we know that, <laughs> but to hear it is it's nice. Well, Al, with all of that wonderful nonsense, <laughs> what do you hope everyone takes away today? I really hope that everyone takes away today a very practical things that I spoke about given the medical field. So please, if you can have someone there with you, do so. If you cannot have anyone there with you, you can't find a medical advocate, you can't have anybody, patient advocate, whatever. Ask them if you can record. And if you, they give you any weird pushback, that's a red flag. 
because you should be able to record if you have to be in that appointment alone, because who knows, like, you know, it, it could be your, you have memory issues or whatever, like you get overwhelmed, whatever it may be, there isn't any like real reason you shouldn't be able to. So that's another avenue. What about you, Jeannie? Um, I would say that first and foremost, we talk about it, but here's, here's the reminder from me to me for you. You have to be your own personal advocate. Do your research on what those things are. Learn about yourself because ultimately at the end of the day, until you establish a relationship, you're just a number. There's a lot of people in this world and there's a lot of moving parts. And that's just the reality of our medical system. You are a number. Um, for that doctor's office, sucks for them. They're not going to get my prepays anymore. But, <laughs> you know, you got to move on and keep fighting the good fight. Um, ultimately, it is okay to want and go get a second opinion. Yeah. Thanks for showing up as you are. If you'd ever like to be a guest on the show, email us. Do you have any comments, requests for topics? We are stigmabitties at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.